Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. With me, as always, Mr. Adam Schmidt. How are you today, sir? Doing beautifully. How are you? Uh, yeah, beautifully is good. If I was any better, I'd be doing beautifully. <laughs> it is June 19th. It's Wednesday. We are on Facebook Live, as always. It's the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. You can catch us live on Facebook every Wednesday around 10.30-ish. Today's about 10.35. And then uh, don't worry, though, because on all your other favorite platforms, we're live. Not live, but we are up on Thursday mornings. So you can catch us bright and early. Uh, On that note, on that note, I would like to say that we've got a pretty good show today. We do. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's got uh, we got we got our two favorite things to talk about: NBA, Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is one other thing I want to get into. I didn't talk to you about uh, about baseball, but uh, get your uh, opinion on later. Good. Uh, but to start off with, we're probably going to go into the NBA Finals. Sure. The finals, though, are brought to you at the Nosebleed Sports Podcast by by training personally with Peggy Edwards. No matter your level of fitness, beginner, intermediate, advanced, if you like to be challenged a little or a lot and want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the cost of a personal trainer, then training personally with Peggy Edwards is the gym for you. Training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts safe, fresh, fun. Find Training Personally on Facebook or at trainingpersonally.com. That sounds good. Also, Ohio Mosquito Control at Ohio Mosquito Control. They offer quality services to the Cincinnati area at a reasonable prices. Family, uh, family owned and operated. Come to your house. Spray for mosquitoes. No bites. Makes the whole weekend great. Ohio-MC.com. They are the pest of the pest. They truly are. They truly are. Now, speaking of pests, how about those pesky Pesty? Is it pesty or pesky? Pesky, but if if you wanted to go along with the pest theme, then let's go pesty. You could just change it up. Ohio Mosquito Control uh, is brought to you by the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> oh, the pesty, so they're brought the to you pesty by, okay. Toronto Raptors. Thank you, Toronto Raptors, for sponsoring Ohio Mosquito Control. I don't know how that whole <laughs> thing works. Yeah. We haven't quite figured that out. We actually aren't getting anything for any of this. We just, you know, like to play a little bit. We like so. to support our our uh, people. People support our people. people. So anyway, uh, the Raptors. Kawhi does it. Kawhi does. uh, You know, he he sat a year out. He he went took a lot of crap, and it was all worth it. It It was was all worth it. He got to laugh. He got the last laugh. (laughs) He did, and he uh, made light of that during the parade. Uh, But we'll get to that in a minute. So yes, the Toronto Raptors did beat the Golden State Warriors four to two to win the 2019 NBA championship. It was, you know, Kawhi Leonard was the absolute star. You had you had Kevin Durant. That was the big the big news come back game 5 and uh and got hurt pretty quickly. Um tore the uh tore the Achilles and then uh in the first part of the fourth quarter, I believe it was, Clay Thompson went down. Uh, with a leg injury as well in Game Six, and um, I, he was having a great he was having a great game. He was shooting the ball really well, um, and I think that would have changed. I think that would have changed that game. Can't guarantee it. Nobody can guarantee it. But I mean, if you're the Warriors in this case, let's say KD 
picks up his his one year option for thirty million dollars, which it still seems like it's completely up in the air if he does this or not. He's not playing all next year, but if you're the rap or if you're the Raptors, if you're the Warriors, are you pretty much going okay? You beat us, but you know we had you know we were in this game up to the fourth quarter, and we only had one player out there basically. We had one star, basically one yeah. star and Draymond Green. Right, and Andre right. and a busted was, and a hobbled Andre Iguodala. Yeah, so he, he played hurt all all series too. Yeah, so I mean, you, I know it sucks for them, and and you know they they the Warriors are a phenomenal team when they're all healthy and they're all playing together, and they probably, I don't know that they probably would have. Who knows what would have really happened? All I know is the Raptors won, but you, if you're a Warriors fan, you're probably feeling okay about this one, right? I mean, you're, I don't know that you're feeling okay. You never want to but, lose, but at the same time, are you really? Is it that? Is it that bad? This one hurts less than the LeBron one. When it, LeBron won in Cleveland, uh, I don't know because I think you have, I think you have a lot more question marks going into this offseason because you don't know what what uh, KD is going to do. You don't know what what. Um, yeah. Sorry, Clay's yeah, going to Clay, do Clay, either. yeah, Clay's probably the biggest one because he's the one that could actually play for you next year. Right, yeah. Uh, both of them could, but because Durant can pick up his option. But, well, no, uh, that's, well, I yeah, mean, I, it's actually going to be on you're the right. court. You're right, you're right. Right. Um, so, but either way, you know, they have a chance. I mean, they could sign They could sign Durant to a max deal. They might have to restructure a few things. But, um, you know, they, they, they do have some question marks. They don't know whether Katie's going to be on this team Going forward, at least, um, they don't know whether one of the top teams going into the league. You think so? Next year, yeah. I what do. if Clay and well, what if Clay and KD leave? Then yes, they're going to be. And, and Demarcus Cousins is probably not going to be back either because he's going to his contract's done after this year as well. So he's, you know, I, if both of those guys leave, I guess you can sign Demarcus Cousins then, and, and then maybe you know Bob Myers is going to have to figure out. How to rest- how to structure everything where they can sign another guy to come in with 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 Boogie and uh, Steph. So, but we still have to we, we don't we aren't going to know what's going to happen until Clay and KD make their decisions. Right. So, but there are some question marks there. So, if you're a if you're a Golden State fan, you don't feel great about it. You're probably still okay. I I kind of feel like Clay's going to resign. You think so? I kind of do. Um, Although it would make a lot of sense for if the Lakers can clear that, can can do what they need to do and clear the space. How about, um, you know, nobody's talking about is Dallas. Dallas has already got over $60 million clear, space cleared, and they've that's including Porzingis and Doncic. Yeah. Doncic. Doncic. Yeah. However you say his name. Luka. Luka Doncic. Yeah, I say Doncic. I don't know if that's right. I'm just anyway. going to call him Luka. Luka? Okay. <laughs> um. You're right. I mean, that's that's how's that that that's going to be a destination. Yep, yep. Dallas could be. It's it's always been kind of an interesting. I mean, um, uh, what's his name from the Clippers? Uh, DeAndre Jordan yep. decided to sign there. Um, yep. You know, they do. They can. Dallas is a is a good is a good free agent spot. I believe they have. I think there's like no no tax, no property yeah, tax or property sales tax luxury, or whatever it is. Whatever it is. Um, so there, there are some draws to Texas teams, Income. especially Dallas. Yeah, and Mark Cuban puts a ton of money into the team. Um, so that is another team. You have Dallas and Denver and, and Portland and 
Golden State and Houston thinks they're going to be <laughs> the the number one contender. We'll get to that in a few minutes Houston, as well. Yes, that's um, a that's a that's a joke of a of a story right there. But but the going into next year, I think the West is going to be even more open than it has been. Yeah, uh, you don't. I don't think anymore. You think okay, it's Golden State without question in the West. I think they're they might be a little weaker next year, maybe, and other teams are going to continue to rise. Um, so anyway, I, we're spending a lot of time on Golden State. Toronto, though, is the, Toronto's is the, the team that won. Right. Yeah, so, Toronto won. Fred Van, you know, the, the Toronto Raptors, you know and love. Fred Van Vliet, uh, <laughs> Danny Green. Yeah. Uh, uh, give me some more. Pa- uh, P- Pias- P- Pascal, Pascal Siakam. Siakam. Yeah. Now, that kid really is going to be a star. If, he is. This is his team, right? If, if Kawhi leaves, this is his team. Mm, it, it depends on if – well, because it's really Kyle Lowry's somebody? team. It's if. If he leaves, it's Kyle Lowry's team until they sign somebody better because Kyle Lowry is the most senior player on that team. He's been there the longest. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that, but Pascal Siakam becomes the, the best, best player. player on the team. Yeah. Uh, the score, the go-to score. Yes. He becomes their go-to. He becomes that, and I think based on the, the playoffs and especially the finals, Fred Van Vliet may have worked his way into the starting rotation next year. No matter uh, he probably what. deserves it. Yeah, he probably deserves to 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 for that to to start the year off. But I mean, it's you don't know what you're going to get out of a guy like that it, game game in and game out. I mean, what was his? I like to know what his stats were for the season compared to the playoffs. Well, he was definitely he came off the bench and he was you know he he would knock down shots and play defense and stuff. Um, but the way that he played in the in the in the most pressured situations no at, at the highest level, I mean that's. To me, that gives him at least an edge going into next year where he can take the next step possibly and become the best guard on that team, even over Kyle Lowry. He he and uh he and Kawhi Leonard had the best uh what do you want to call him? I don't know. When, what, what do you do? Or, speech? Is that a speech or a, a rally cry? I don't know. When they're at the <laughs> festival, the festival, the parade. Yeah. Those two had my favorite, and Fred Van Vliet basically said, "Listen, as much as y'all hated on us and hated everything that happened, enjoy every second of this, because they took a lot of heat over the last couple of years, getting swept by Cleveland, two straight years, three mm-hmm. straight years, whatever it was. They took a lot of heat. That team hurt a lot. Yeah, and Can- Canadians are nice. <laughs> That's right. So." You so know, their that, criticism was probably a little light, but at the yeah. same time, it's like you know they they heard it, and he made it very clear that they heard that criticism. And Kawhi, of course, when Kawhi came back and and imitated his own laugh, that's just God. I love Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> He's we've seen a few videos from like some of his teammates' Snapchat and stuff like that. That he he's still like even though. It's like just pure celebration time for the next week or two. Right. He is still like he doesn't really smile very often. He he's still very like monotone. He doesn't, you know, he he doesn't throw out a whole lot of uh a whole lot of um really high-end verbiage. He he, he just <laughs> it's just a hey, what's up? Uh, yeah. Hey, uh <laughs> he he he's, he keeps his speaking very limited even yeah. when he's celebrating i'm really a fun guy yeah 
So <laughs> it's been it's been kind of funny to see those videos too. I but. love I love I I like I wish he spoke more. Not because we would make fun of him more, but I think he would get made fun of less if he talked more. Because now the only times he does open his mouth, it's automatically made fun of. I think yeah. it would be way less if he actually spoke more. What do you think? That would be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. From what I've heard from him. It's probably a better idea that he doesn't <laughs> that he doesn't speak that much. But and that's one of the things I like about him too. I like sure. that he's a quiet guy and I like that he's so you know, he's pretty humble, he's not beating his chest and all that kind of stuff. Um but I you know, I don't know. I, I just like I really like Kawhi. And it's gonna be this is really interesting because he was probably rented for a year. I mean He's, oh, one hundred percent. He he's you know he hasn't made his decision yet. He could still I think he ha- still has a, an option he could pick up to stay with the Raptors, um, I believe. But if he decides to become a free agent, he could he could he's got to make the decision by yeah. the twenty ninth. I mean it's right, right around a corner. Right, and and so he's got to decide whether he want. Now the way that Canada, the entire country of Canada, has treated him this year, and especially in the last few weeks, yeah, that guy has. An entire country in the palm of his and, hand. And look at the East right now. The East is falling apart around you. Boston is falling apart. That was the one team that you thought was going to be in it this year. They That was going to give them the run, the talent that was on that team. Mm-hmm. And that team's falling apart. Al Horford's gone. Uh, uh, Kyrie's well, yeah. gone. Al Horford, whatever's going on, he currently he declined, his option. He declined his option and he has not resigned. That's another guy, man. That that Dallas would be a great spot for him. He could be the old man with a bunch of young cats. You know what I mean? And they've got so much cap room. Um, but anyway, that that's besides the point. The, what I'm saying is 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 the East is falling apart around him. There's not a lot of good teams. You, I mean, there's good teams. You're yeah. you're not happy with what I'm saying. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. It, Tell me what you think. Because the East, I was more excited about the East than the West this year, to be honest with you. And, sure. You get, with with Philadelphia and Boston and Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. Great, yeah. Okay, so you got Milwaukee, obviously, the best team in the league. So Milwaukee's there. But you take a team like Philly, who ends up fighting with themselves, or you know, it's, it seems like a giant argument, uh, or they're not fighting with themselves, but with the media and everybody else. Boston, God, that team's about gone. It's going to be two or three years before they make this thing back up. I mean, Gordon Hayward's going to be your number one player, and that's not a bad thing because we don't know what he's going to be from that horrific injury that he took. You have no idea what he's going to come back as. We still have He still probably wasn't fully healthy when he did play this year. But so, so what I'm saying is it's, it's you and it's Milwaukee in my eyes. Yeah, so possibly. That, that, that makes things a little bit easier. Than trying to go to a Clippers team and and fight against now AD and LeBron in LA with you, and which he's fine with that because he'll be the second fiddle on a second fiddle team. He doesn't want anybody to know who he is. But you got uh, everybody else in the West. The Rockets are still not bad. Who knows what's going to happen with the Warriors? But there's a lot of talent in the West still. There is. There is. And, and you're right. I mean, you you brought it up. All the talk about several guys uh, that are becoming free agents, especially Kawhi, have been talking about going to L.A. but going to the Clippers. And you know if they can, if they can sign Kawhi and they have room to sign two or three, mm-hmm. I believe they they have all that cap space too, uh, room to sign two or three stars that, or at, at max guys at least. 
you're going to talk about you're talking about them right there with everybody else to, going but, into next year. But who's going there? Like where? So so who is that guy? Who's that guy? You got so you got Kimball Walker out there right now. Mm-hmm. You got Clay Thompson. You got Kevin Durant. Well, take Kevin Durant out because this is for next year. Well, no, leave Kevin Durant in there. Sure, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. Um, who am I missing? There's uh, one more big one out there, or maybe there's not. Maybe that's the ones. It's it's KD. I was thinking because because Anthony Davis. So KD, Clay, um, Kawhi, and Kemba. Man, that's it. And there, well, there are some other guys that are. Yeah, but but you're talking about max deals. You're talking about you need you need somebody else in there anymore. I mean, I mean, they showed that they could win it without having two superstars. They had a star in Kyle Lowry, and they had Kawhi Leonard, who's might be one of the top three players in all. Well, he's de- he's the best two way player in basketball. Probably the top top three four all around players in basketball. Certainly. So that helps. But you you almost you almost need it. You gotta have. You gotta have something. You gotta have something else. They just they have first of all, the Clippers were already a pretty good team last year. They they were. Even after they traded uh Tobias Harris to Philadelphia, they still they finished this the season pretty strong. They had a nice year. Um so they already have some talent there and they have room to add. Um if they add Kawhi I, who wouldn't want to go play with Kawhi Leonard? I feel I like mean, almost I feel like anybody. Everybody, could. I feel like everybody would like to play with Kawhi Leonard. I feel like it's the exact opposite of James Harden yeah. or Chris Paul. <laughs> right. I yeah. feel like nobody wants to play with those two, especially themselves. And everybody would want to go play with with Kawhi Leonard. With Kawhi, yeah. especially coming off the way he played and coming off that. But his style. I mean, he can. He can play. It seems like he can play with anybody. It would be a it would be a you know a good idea to give him a great point guard and to give him some shooters around him. And I don't even. I mean, the Raptors proved that. I don't even know that you have to have a great. Set. I mean, they had Serge Ibaka was pretty good. Mark Gasol was probably the pickup of the trade deadline, without a doubt. That um, guy played out of his mind in the playoffs. Which and it wasn't like he was a superstar, but he played right great minutes for yeah, them. Yep. Um. You know, and 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 you saw. I mean, you have guys that can knock down. Danny Green actually didn't have a very good series, but um, he's a shooter that's going to spread the floor. You have to go guard him, no matter even if he misses ten in a row. You have to go guard Danny Green. Yep. You, Fred Van Vliet, the way he shot the ball, a bunch of these guys. Norman Powell came in and shot the ball really well. A couple games, you know, you have put some put a couple shooters around him, give him a, a, a good point guard. You're still gonna probably gonna run the offense through him a lot. I mean, yep. it's almost like a LeBron situation now, uh, where you can give him the ball. He can start with the ball at the top, you know, at half court, and and he makes the start right play the offense. and make the right play. Not again, not like a James Harden who's just gonna the ball's gonna stall there. Mm-hmm. He will continue. He will make the right play and get somebody a shot. Get himself open on the other end. I I agree. I I I think uh, I think he's definitely. The uh, second or third best player, but the first, the first best player in all of basketball, is definitely LeBron James, right? Um, I'm no longer willing to uh, agree to that. Who's your? Who is the best player in basketball right now? That's real. Don't say Kawhi. This, Don't say very, Kawhi because if you would, because because a this month very ago, moment, it's a, Kawhi month, <laughs> a month ago, we would have said it was uh, uh who's from Giannis? No, from Portland. Good oh. night. We had uh, we had him. Uh, Come on. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is the greatest basketball player. We oh, had him as a top that. five. We had him as a top five player in the NBA. Top five, maybe. Yeah. After they after they beat Denver and went to the Western Conference yeah. Finals. Yeah. 
Yeah, we probably talked about him as that. Um, but he I was never five, he was never five the right best now. player. I can name five right now better than him. Better than who? Damian Lillard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm. Yeah. I think I can too. Yeah. I mean, you have Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis might be more valuable a player than LeBron right now. Anthony Davis. Okay, I'll give you that. Anthony Davis is just fun to watch. You have this guy. I'm going to tell you, you LeBron and Anthony Davis running a little pick and pop at the top of the key is going to be almost impossible. To I guard. hope they roll more than pop, but yes. I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of pick and pop, but pick and roll, same difference. It's just what it is. Either way, either one. Well, there will be more rolls because if, if LeBron's setting it, he's rolling. And if AD's setting it, he's picking, he's popping. It's just, it is and it what should it is. be the opposite. It should be the opposite, but that's just how it's going to be. I mean, AD's probably a better shooter than LeBron, right? Is he a better outside shooter uh, than LeBron? No, I wouldn't say better. I would say neither are great. They're both okay. LeBron might be a little bit better outside shooter. Uh, neither one of them should be shooting a lot of three-pointers. Either way, opinion. LeBron LeBron, and him together on that pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop, you have two guys, a great ball handler in LeBron James, underrated ball handler in LeBron James, an underrated ball, well, maybe hmm. not underrated, but a good ball handler. I'm just going to say, tell you he's underrated in every aspect of the game. <laughs> I don't think LeBron's a very good ball handler, but he handles it well enough to score or pass the ball. So He handles the ball quite a bit, and his turnovers, I mean, they're they're not great, but it's – His mean, usage for, rate is his way up usage there, so he's rate, going to turn yeah, the ball over a lot. Exactly. He's not a great ball handler. All right. Well, <laughs> AD might be a better ball handler. AD grew up as a point guard. He came. I mean, yep. in high school, he was a point guard. Yeah. And then he grew out of the out of his shoes. He grew like eight inches in three months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. I just think I think these two together could be a lot of fun to watch because both of them, I feel like they both could share the ball well. They both could take over a game whenever they wanted, and they both are the type of player that can under that will understand it. LeBron understands if you're hot, I'm get, I'm feeding you. And I feel like AD is that, you know, cool, calm, collected guy like I don't care who you want points, I get points. Let's just go win some ball games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless it's an all-star game and he's trying to break records. Right. That's the bottom line. They both do want to win and I think they're going they're both far enough, especially LeBron in their careers where they understand and LeBron with the championship pedigree that he's had, um you know, the, he understands better than anybody what it takes to win basketball games and especially in the playoffs and he's going to facilitate that for the you know he's going to be basically the coach of the team yep uh sorry frank vogel but you know lebron is going to dictate what goes on on the floor a lot of the time um which is usually okay not always not doesn't always work out as well as uh, you would like it to sometimes. Sometimes he needs to be reined in a little bit. Every everybody does, but is um, AD the kind of guy that can rein him in? Because it's not going to be Vogel, right? It's, Frank it's, Vogel's not going to rein him in. No, I I have a. Is I, it Jason Kidd? I, I was just going to say I feel like LeBron will be more in tune. It will be more about uh, dealing with Jason Kidd than Frank Vogel. Um, for whatever reason, I just get that feeling. It, he it was like as that. an ex player kind of a guy, yeah. yeah. And with it, Ty Lue right. instead of uh, the Russian guy, right? Right, <laughs> David Blatt, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I do. I think so. and and um, uh, the other Lionel Hollins, who's been a coach several times, he's he's on the staff as well. So, I think LeBron, you know, they put together a staff of established three established successful head coaches successful yes well, you put you put jason kidd in the successful range on head coaches he he didn't he win 16 games or something like that 
one Ma- year. Yeah, but he also the first year that Milwaukee took a big step forward and and became a lot better. He was the coach of the team then. And then they had a year or two where they kind of had a step back, and that's when he was let go. But he really did – he was huge in the development of Giannis Antetokounmpo. He will tell you that. And sure, Giannis I'm sure will. he will because no, he wants a job. <laughs> no, you know, Giannis, Giannis will. will tell you. Yes. Okay, yeah. So um, I think a lot of guys respect him. I don't know how great a coach he really is, but a lot of, a lot of players respect him. He's a, a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards to ever play, one of the most cerebral players to ever play the game. So he, you know, between he, Lionel Hollins, and Frank Vogel, who Lionel Hollins had a bunch of great years in Memphis – Frank Vogel had a bunch of great years uh, with Paul George and the and the crew. Uh, sorry, with uh, with uh, Lance Stevenson, and yeah. then he had a couple guys like Paul George or whatever. Yeah, but Paul George, mostly yeah, Lance Stevenson in Indiana. Couple, couple good years where they, out of, where they out of David West and <laughs> right David West and Lance Stevenson, right the Cincinnati guys. So um, anyway, those guys they really did put a, a pretty good staff together. If everybody can can work together and they work it out, you know, because it's going to be like a team where you, you know, you're going to have disagreements in philosophy or, you know, game plan and stuff like that. And and you are going to have that between coaches and coaches, between players and coaches, players and players, that stuff happens all the time. Um, But if they can work it all out, and by the way, they've got a lot more work to do to get this roster together because look, they got three guys, they have three guys on this team. It's Kyle Kuzma. (laughs) <laughs> it's Anthony the, Davis. They have, and it's LeBron James. I think it's actually six guys under contract on this team. Is it six? I know, I, I, I know, I think, but I know many. what you're saying, though. Ba- yeah, they have basically have three guys, but at the same time, you know, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, me, you, and a bag of chips could go to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> I I don't know. I really think even with the three they have that you mentioned, they still, and that's kind of one of the things with the with the Anthony Davis deal that they did pull off um which by the way maybe we should talk about that Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart and three first round three, draft picks. Three first round draft picks including the number 4 overall pick this they year. They have the tomorrow. Num- they have the number one number one pick and we're not going to talk about too much about the draft which is tomorrow if you're listening to this it's going to be uh, not live, which would be t- you would the earliest you could get it is tomorrow, which would be today for you. It's on so Thursday, if really June twentieth. <laughs> if you really want to get into this conversation, we can twist your mind around till you can't see straight. <laughs> uh, but so we we're not going to get into too much draft because we don't. We, <laughs> but it's but it is really important because of the they because have, of the way people trade draft picks. And and this is so so I do want to ask you this. Let's talk about this because maybe it's a let let's write it down what okay. you think is going to happen. Okay. So the Pelicans are one and four. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, two, and three are said to be far and above everybody else in this draft class. Okay. So you have you got Zion Williamson, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett, and that's pretty much four to like eight or nine, ten are pretty well in that's they're all kind of together, right? They're 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 the same talent. I mean obviously not the same talent, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So with them having one in four, you're not gonna you're only gonna get one of those top three. It's gonna be Zion, right? Zion right. goes first. Right. John Morant goes and um RJ Barrett goes. You either go with the the other little point guard that that only played however many games this year starts with the G. I can't remember his name. Darius Garland. Garland. From you take Garland, or are you using that four that fourth pick now to 
to possibly go after a superstar to put with Zion Williamson. Well, they already have a superstar to go with him. It's Lonzo Ball. Um, I don't know if you saw his dad on TV the other day. I try not not to. So do I. I try not to see his dad. So do I. He made some sort of comment to the the, uh, gal that was the host of the show, who was, by the way, Jalen Rose's wife, um, and he – it was probably a little overblown. People kind of gave him a hard time about it, and I don't know that he really meant it, but it was like she said, like, can I switch gears with you for a minute? And he's like, you can switch gears with me anytime or something like that. And I I don't oh, think no. really in he, the moment. Oh, no, he I, meant it the way that look, he said it. I, I want – Look, I, I, I would have said it. I don't want like, to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because I'm 100% you can switch gears with me anytime you want, sweetie. <laughs> Whatever. Let's go. Whatever. I would say you're, that to the man. You're lucky. Running. You're lucky that Jalen Rose is such a docile guy, and he's not gonna. He's not gonna Jaylen fight Rose anybody. Jalen Rose got a kick out of that. I can almost guarantee. Oh, it. I sure. bet he was laughing at that. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> how did we get so far off? I have no idea. We're the, talking, we, I, we said we were not going to talk about Levar Ball on this show. Okay, we will. Did we say that? I, like a year and a half ago. Okay. <laughs> well, I've forgotten that, <laughs> obviously. So let's get back then to Anthony Davis. I, they're going to need more, I think. Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma can take you pretty far. But I think they need to – they're going to have to put together a roster and they're going to have to do it like they did the first time in Cleveland and uh, in Miami where you need – you need shooters around LeBron. You really do. And especially if you're going to run pick and rolls, pick and pops with those two guys, that's going to draw defenses in from the corner and from the wings, and you're going to have guys open. It's sh- Shooters are the biggest thing. If you don't have shooters, it, it, it was proven this year with this Lakers team. They didn't have a shooter to right. go on that team, and they were not good. It took everything LeBron had to keep them in that four seed mm-hmm. until he got hurt. Yep. Literally everything he had. Because they didn't have anybody that could knock down a shot to save their life. No. So where you're at right now, you got your big man, you got your your point forward or whatever you want to call LeBron, you got a guy like Kyle Kuzma who's a good young talent, you need shooters. I think that is shooters and maybe a point guard. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be a great point guard. It just needs to be somebody that is smart enough to get the ball moving where it needs to go. You know who would be perfect for that, what you just described? Who's that? The Utah Jazz just traded for Mike Conley, meaning they are going to let uh, their point guard from last year, Ricky Rubio, walk because Holy he is cow. a free agent. Think about that. That really would be great. A guy Ricky who is Rubio. maybe the, who's definitely one of, if not the best passer in basketball, doesn't have to score, has become a better scorer and a better shooter sure. over the last couple of years. But a lot doesn't he reminds have me to. of like a Jason Kidd, a lot like a Jason Kidd, a Jason Kidd, and also Bigger. a Rajon Rondo, who they could resign. Who I think that would be. I think that would be a pretty good, a pretty good idea. He's not great in the locker room. I understand that he doesn't get along ra- with people. I'd rather have. I don't want somebody. I I want to get rid of, if I'm the Lakers, I want to get rid of everything from last year. I need to erase last year. I need to erase. I I got I got AD here, right? We got him here. He's here. It's 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 LeBron and Anthony Davis. I don't want anything in my locker room that can affect the 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 chemistry that we have at this point in time. Ricky Rubio is not going to walk into a locker room. And, and and screw it up. 
No. Rajon Rondo can easily walk into a locker room and screw it up. He can, but he is much less likely to do that if you are winning. If you're winning, he's he'll be okay. And he's playing. And he's playing, but that's my that's my point. If they they could, I don't think it would be a bad idea to re-sign Rondo to get the bulk of the minutes at point guard because he also he is going to find you can run pick and rolls with him all day long and have AD or LeBron playing on the wing, run a pick and roll with one of those two guys, and then they collapse on whoever he's picking picking and rolling and with and you got your shooter and then you have popping into the corner you have, to the you corner have a shooter or somewhere to a wing. and yeah or you have either AD or LeBron on the other side of the floor to kick it to as well so you can do so many different things and he's he's right there with Rubio as a passer a distributor a guy who is who is smart about getting the offense going and knows how to get everybody involved, get in, in but you make never winning hear, plays. You never hear anything about Rubio uh, in a negative context. No, except for like not being able to shoot and stuff like that. Okay, or, and, well, and guess what? That's Rajon Rondo right there. So right, you just, exactly. So, so I would rather have a guy who gets no negative attention at all, ever, except for maybe that he can't shoot, than have a guy who already can't shoot and then has the very high potential – of causing issues elsewhere. Also has won a couple of championships and has played, has been the point guard on championship teams that I know had Kevin Garnett and I know had Paul Pierce and I know had Ray Allen, but he was a, he was, he was a, a big part of vital, it. Vital what has he done thing. since he lost those three? Where's he gone? He, he's, he's, he has these spurts. In, he has spurts where for, for half a season, it's like, oh my God, it's the old Rajon Rondo's here. Because and then he's, he's walking on, up and down the court. Later. He's been on bad teams, and that's the thing. That's that goes along with if he's on a bad team and they're losing, he might mess your locker room up. He might quit on you. Yes, he's not going to be a good teammate in that case. If you're winning, if you have the players to win, I, don't, I just don't want it. There's there's too much of a possibility for AD to get hurt. He's he's always been injury prone. They're not always, but at least for the last three, four years now, he's been injury prone. LeBron showed that he, you know, is susceptible to injury now. So if one of those guys go down, you may be back in that situation where you're a bad team. Why have him there to make it worse? If that happens, get him out. Now you're getting 80. Let's say LeBron gets hurt and that team goes on a stretch where they lose, I don't know, eight out of 10 games. And now Rajon Rondo's your point guard, and AD's still there, but Rajon's pissing everybody off because he's doing this, that, and the other. You got a guy like Ricky Rubio who might actually do the opposite and pick the team up and get the boys moving a little bit more. I mean, as, I don't know his a, personality exactly, yeah. but I know Rajon Rondo's personality. As a, as a player, though, I don't think he's going to do anything better than Rondo will. On the floor, I don't, I don't that's think That's fine. Gonna do I'm not better. saying he's going to be better, but I'm not saying he's going to be worse. They're going to be the same player, basically, only you have one less factor to worry about with with with, with Ricky Rubio. Uh, and, You're the and, one who brought I, him up. And I think, yeah, and I think the, <laughs> right, I think, but I think both, both would make sense. If they don't want to sign Rubio, I think re-signing Rondo, who could a probably Lakers get fan, cheaper, by the way. Right. As a Lakers fan. I don't want Rajon Rondo on my Lakers. Lifelong Lakers fan, Chris Witt. I never one time said lifelong <laughs> Lakers fan. I am a LeBron James fan, which time. makes me a Lakers fan right now. I totally understand. Um, 
Speaking of, so we, you know, Rondo, <laughs> Rondo's had history, bad history with teammates. He's had bad history with other players in the league because he's just kind of a jerk. His biggest rival, <laughs> his biggest personal rival is another guy who is very similar to him. Yes. With the attitude, with the personality, really digging at his teammates, getting under people's skin, both his teammates and opponents. Chris Paul. Yep. So we heard a few days ago that uh, there was there was some talk about Chris Paul and James Harden weren't getting along, didn't care for each other. Um, you know, they got beat again for the whatever it was, the fourth time in five years by Golden State in the playoffs. Frustration, of course, pours out after that, after you lose in the playoffs, and especially when you have guys that are as competitive as Chris Paul. I hate to say competitive because that's get, people use that as an excuse to let people off the hook for being jerks. But he I is, think there's a difference between competitive and a jerk. I don't think it's that small of a line either. But but a lot of people use use that excuse for why players are jerks because they're so competitive. I, I feel like I hear that okay. all the time. I'm I'm okay with that because of, of like the like the way Draymond gets gets yeah. talked about like that a lot. Right. Yeah. Sure, okay, yeah. I can understand that. So we have we have seen plenty of instances. We had the spitting incident. They got in the big fight this year. Oh yeah, the, the, where punch where Rajon Rondo spit in Chris Paul, Paul's face, and they threw punches. And we talked about it then, right? Both guys are are have personality flaws that make them hard to be around. Chris Paul and James Harden, like I said, they were talking about it in the media. It it kind of came out. It leaked out. And then Daryl Morey went on Golik and Wingo on ESPN in the morning and, and tried, you know, tried to clear it all up and said what any general manager is going to say in that situation. This is so overblown. Those guys are fine. Yes, they were they got at each other and stuff out of frustration because they're so competitive, because mm-hmm. they want to win so bad. We had this conversation. I was calling it two players that were competitive. Right. At the same time, I'm not a big fan of But at the same time, so Daryl Morey said, look, we're going to be fine. We're going to come back the favorites in the West next year is what he said because they're going to be aggressive, and he's he's given the green light to spend all this money and sign whoever they need to sign and do whatever, make whatever roster moves he needs to make to make them better like they've been trying to do for the last five years. And then the day after that, a day or two after that, you had another article come out with a lot greater detail about what's going on in the Rockets organization, especially between Chris Paul and James Harden, how they were just just grinding at each other all all year long in practices and games, little petty stuff, getting under each other's skin, not agreeing on style of play. Chris Paul does not like how James Harden plays. James Harden wants Chris Paul to take a back seat and let him play his style. You know, his I'm going to stand here and, and lull my defender to sleep and then either attack the basket and finish at the basket, drop it off, and he, I mean, James Harden averages 10, 10 assists a game, drop it off to Capella or one of the one of the shooters or take a triple step back three, <laughs> right? That's how James Harden wants to run the offense. 
that's hard for Chris Paul. He's not used to running an offense like that. He's used to being in charge of how how you know the pace and and all the, everything that goes along with running an offense. They don't disagree on philosophy. They both have gone to Mike D'Antoni about it. Um, you know, they probably neither one of them, I'm sure, like how D'Antoni is handling that because they want him to rein in both either one. You know, the right. other one. So there is, and you can see it. I mean, guys don't, we already know guys don't like playing with Chris Paul, or that has been the case in a lot of cases. James Harden can be a guy who can make you better if you're one of those guys that can stand out there and shoot because he's going to draw a lot of attention when he gets in the paint. Yep. He will find you. He can also dominate the ball a little bit too much and take guys out of the offense as well. Yeah, lull your own team to sleep. Exactly. We heard so so there is so one of the things that was said in this article was after the loss to Golden State in the playoffs, Chris Paul went to the went to the front office and said, "I want to be traded. You need to you need to trade me. I'm done here." Of course out of frustration. Sure. James Harden apparently from sources, we don't know what sources. Oh, the sources, right? right? Sources, that was, yeah. That was the sources, problem with this article. Sources close to the team say it was a it, it was a um, it was an ESPN article, so it was a it, it's a reputable yeah. publication. Sure, it's a reputable publication, but it could be the security guard outside of the <laughs> right. locker room. Right, we or, don't know yeah. who the sources were. <laughs> it, it could be his grandma who watched some TV, watched sure. Rockets games, but <laughs> no, it did say league sources, sources close to the Rockets. Security guard right outside Either the locker way. room was pretty close as I as close <laughs> as you get. That's true. James Harden went in and said, "He goes or I go." I mean, that's pretty easy though, right? If you're the Rockets, do you want do you want do you want a thirty? What is he? 31, 30, 31, 32 year old uh, Harden? Harden, or do you want a thirty four? That's all that Chris Paul is. Is thirty four? Yeah, he's thirty four. How old is Harden then? Is he he then he's then Harden's probably like 28, 29. I think he's thirty. I think okay, he's either 30. way, which one do you want? Do you want a Harden who's at the prime of his career right now? I want James Harden who's an MVP. Who's exactly? Or do you want Chris Paul who's at the end of his career? He's yeah. He, but he's who still is still very good. Yeah. He's got he's still very good. Don't get me wrong. That dude's he's phenomenal. He's one of the he's still one of the best point guards in the league. He'll be a Hall of Famer if his end if his career ended right now. He'd be a he'd Hall be of a famer. first ballot Hall of yeah. Famer. Yeah. So. Um, you know, but that's an easy. That's easy for me. I mean, that's easy. That's why he can, went in and said it's him or me. And Chris Paul just went in and said, "You need to trade me," because yes. he knew James Harden ain't going anywhere. They're not. I don't think they're looking to trade either one of those guys. No matter if they demand a trade or ask for a trade or whatever. If they demand a trade and he's going to be a malcontent until then, then maybe you have to trade Chris Paul. Right, but you got to see how the season starts first. You, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, apparently. Chris Paul has reached out to James Harden several times during the offseason since then to try to to mend the situation a little bit. James Harden has not responded. Dude, James Harden reminds me he he seems to me like a I don't know, like a troll under a rock or something. He, <laughs> his teeth are jacked up. Oh man. All right, I ain't going to mess with the dude's teeth. That's on him. I mean, he's got the money to get porcelain veneers if he wants to, dude. Go get you some go get you a big old grill or yeah. something. Do something with that. Platinum grill. Anyway, every time you see him outside of outside of basketball, it's never a good story. Never. Really? 
Now, when was the last time you saw a story about him outside of the NBA, outside of an NBA article about his play that was ever good? No, it's it's he signed with Adidas or whatever, but he's wearing Jordans and he's drunk off his butt, hanging out with a Kardashian, falling over. He's he's paying a a, a bouncer ten grand to go beat up Moses Malone Jr. because Moses Malone Jr. made fun of him for charging two hundred and fifty dollars to inner city kids to join his to be in his basketball camp. So he paid some guy ten grand. I didn't know that, but I love Moses Malone Sr. so much that now I hate James Harden. Yes, James, well, the, it said <laughs> hate. that when, when Moses Malone Jr. got beat up, it was the day after he made the comments about the the camp. And, uh, and that the could guy, be any James the Harden bouncer, fan. The bouncer said the reason they were beating him up was because of that. And apparently there was 10 grand involved somewhere somehow James Harden got out of this and the guy who beat him up got 13 years wow yeah cuz he wow. stole so he stole like 50 grand worth of jewelry or something like that too. oh okay well there you go <laughs> well that's so why he hired, got, he hired a criminal to perform a criminal act either way the guy's going to jail either way the guy's going to jail but the thing is is <laughs> i don't like i I'm, I'm not a fan of this James you know they're all at a strip club they're at the same strip club hanging out somehow they're all at that strip club this dude was the bouncer at the strip club who was known to always hang around James Harden, now he's beating him up. I feel like stuff like that, maybe not exactly that thing, but stuff like that happens more than we know. Of course, got you know, basketball players How is hanging that, out. But is that okay? Out. No, no, no. Is it okay to pay somebody ten grand to go beat up no, some other dude because he said something bad about absolutely. you? No, I'm I'm kind of talking more about the strip club thing. I mean Oh, that's all those the time. Guys are, I, yeah. I just just put I just wanted to make the point that they were in the same place that night before it happened. Gotcha, I, I, yeah. the, the fact that it was a strip club, I mean, that's just NBA. That's just where the NBA hangs out, right? Yes. Getting back to <laughs> the actual story, though, there was also a report that those two did not speak to each other for two months during this season. You know how hard it is to keep chemistry going on the court when you don't – I mean, you – I'd have to see the, the tape because I'm pretty sure those dudes were talking – on the court. on the floor, maybe that was just off the floor. Sure, that makes either sense. way, yeah. you are the two superstars of this team, and you don't speak at all. I mean, you don't. There, every single locker room in every single professional sport has people that don't like each other. It happens sure. everywhere. But for those two guys to be so upset with each other that they don't even speak off the floor. For two that's months, crazy. that's and a you, very long. And time. you're the best two players on the court for your team. Absolutely, and and it, what you guys do, the way you play together, the way you handle, the way you interact with the rest of your teammates too, because that can divide a locker room. That you you know you suddenly put the rest of your teammates and even coaches in a position where they f- might feel like. Oh man, if if Chris sees me talking to James, they can't stand each other. They aren't talking. If Chris sees me talking to James, Chris is going to be mad at me. I'm not going to get the ball. He's going to be he's going to shut me out. If James sees me talking to Chris, I'm not getting that pass. He's Here's the deal. Those two are way too good of basketball players to make something like that mm-hmm. get that petty on the court. I don't think that's a, I don't I think they are cuz they're giving each other the ball. I think they're too good to let that kind of thing happen though. That's I think that's maybe the teammates feel that way, but they shouldn't because those two are way too professional 
to to let to let that disagreement between them become a petty argument of you like him, he likes you, I'm not giving him the ball on a court. That, but but the point is if you if your teammates feel like that, you're putting them in a position where they might feel like they have to choose a side or they're in a position where they don't want to they want to be careful about not favoring one guy over the other because they can't stand each other. And and we talked about the philosophy on the on the court it may have made a difference because there, I can see a, a situation where Chris Paul gets so frustrated with the way James Harden plays that he brings the ball down the floor and and just throws it into Clint Capella or or kicks it over to you know a shooter or something instead of giving the ball to the best individual offensive player in the league. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just don't. I I feel like both of those two are when they're on the court. You would hope, but their personalities say otherwise. I don't. I don't know. Either I, way, I don't like either of them. I, I'm. St- I don't. I, I take that back. I like Chris Paul. I like Chris Paul as a player. I like I'm, watching both of them play. For I'm sure. not a big fan of of James Harden's style of play. I think the guy's a phenomenal basketball player, and the things he can do with the ball, the tough shots he makes is are ridiculous. Tough shot making ability, if that's a thing, he's up there with Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. as one of the best in the league. But at the same time, I'm not a big fan of just his style and, and, and everything he does where I really like the way Chris Paul plays, mostly because he had a lot of assists to David West back in the Charlotte days. <laughs> Besides this, you have your two superstars going at it. You have your head coach, Mike D'Antoni, was in contract negotiations to extend his contract beyond next year. That fell apart. He 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 left the table because he was frustrated because they couldn't they couldn't come to an couldn't agreement. Couldn't come to an agreement. Happens, is, that stuff happens all the time. That could easily come back and make things. Can it, always... it could, but he could also coach all of next year as a lame duck coach who who thinks I have no idea if I have a job in this league next year. You know it, that's going to be on his mind all year if they don't come to an agreement before then. Well, and then you better you better coach the best year of your life so you can get it. He's going to. I mean, I don't. I have no doubt that he's going to. You know, he has his certain style that he that he coaches, which has never worked. And <laughs> it's it's high octane offense. You're going to score 115 points a game. Are you going to stop people enough, though? That's the question. But he is. He had a ton of success in Phoenix. He had not so much success in New York. Think, but think about think about this real quick. If this team two years ago makes one three in game seven against the Warriors. One out of the 27. One out of the 27 in a row they missed. I think Harden made two threes in that game. He was two for 13. He makes one. Paul didn't play. Can't blame him. Any of the other rum-dum shooters they stick out there that their whole job is just to shoot threes when you get the ball. One of those go in. You're playing in the finals. You might have won a championship last year. How in, and now we're talking about some crazy turmoil. This team's falling apart. It is. It amazes me how close you can be. Because if you win a championship, that team comes together no matter what, right? You won a championship. That's a. It's almost like an automatic. I love you. You're the. You know. We're in the we're, moment. We're yeah. in love. In the moment. In the moment. Sure, but it also eases things that maybe might have been there before. I agree. And things maybe don't get as bad as they got. 
it's just it just Absolutely. amazes me how how one shot can 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 turn a team from being a perennial championship team to falling apart in front of our eyes. That brings me back to what I was saying about Rondo, and the same applies to Chris Paul and James Harden and several other guys in the league. Winning cures everything, and losing magnifies all of the negativity so much and it seems like losing magnifies it more not when you're just a losing team and you suck and you're the worst team in the league but when you are a really good team and then you come this close and then lose i feel like that's when this stuff gets magnified the most and it's usually because that's the best players and the biggest egos and things like that that are playing so that's probably a huge reason why but i don't know i feel that i like that we were at a certain level in our discussion, we you, did drop. I did bring it down, down. didn't you? Like the way you I, like, I love, it's pace, I man. It's pace. It's tone. It's cadence. I love the way you, you know. did that. I'm so much more relaxed than I was 75. I seconds could feel ago. you getting a little excited about Rondo. Yeah, I mean, we were in, we were deep into the conversation. I was feeling it. I feel like we. I feel but like I love right you now, bringing it back down. I feel like right now we should have some Marvin Gaye on in the background. I would. I love Marvin Gaye. I, I feel like we might. I feel like we're doing this on NPR right now. Yeah, I, this is definitely an NPR radio <laughs> show. Uh, this is tone for that. Let's then let's then while the well, while the tone, tempo is down, let's adjust to a a little bit slower paced game. Then let's do it. Let's let's adjust to uh, let's adjust to the major league baseball side of things. Why don't we do that in, in what we call our triple play? We'll talk about three things. We might talk about an extra thing actually tonight. But uh, I j- before before we do it, I okay. want to bring this up first. Please do. I learned something today. Okay. I, I consider myself. Uh, baseball enthusiast. I used to have a giant rule book uh, uh, umpire. It was the umpire manual thing, but it had different plays that could happen. And I had a, I, I was visiting with a customer earlier today who was an umpire, uh, high school baseball umpire. And uh, he's telling me a situation. We always go over situations and I always get, I always make the right call when he's asking me things. It's kind of what we do. Well, I don't know. Anyway, that is your dream. Like oh, he's, I love it. He's giving you basically like trivia. Like yeah, he likes tells me tells me what happened in a game and asks me what the call should have been. That is your dream. And he's very good. This dude knows his stuff. All right, so I am. Uh, so I'm I'm sitting there and he's telling me. He says, uh, "There's a there's a runner on first, no outs, and." Uh, the runner on first steals, steals second. Foul tip, catcher comes up, throws it back to the pitcher. Runner's on second base. And he's just going on with the game. What did he miss? The foul tip, he shouldn't stay on second, right? That's incorrect. I never knew this. I got to speak up now because I've been doing this for way <laughs> I'm talking low for way too long. A foul tip is uh, a foul tip is a is is technically a batted ball that goes sharp and direct from the bat to the catcher's hand and is legally caught. It is not a uh, so. Blah, blah. Where's my rule at here? I had it pulled up just a second ago. Uh, if a tipped foul ball is caught by the catcher after the ball hits the mask, no, no, no. Once tipped. Foul it's ball not a hit. third strike, right? It wasn't. This is a third not strike? a third strike. Okay. It doesn't matter if it was or wasn't. This is not a third strike. The first pitch of the at bat. Shoot. 
It's treated. Now I got to go back. I, I Son f- of a gun. I here f- we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. In baseball, foul tip is defined as a batted ball that goes sharp directly from the bat to the catcher's hands and is legally caught. A foul tip is considered a strike and ball remains in play. The rules treat a foul tip as equivalent in every respect to a pitch at which the batter swings and misses. Mind blown. I would not have known. I I'm like, are you that. kidding me? He's like, he says the the manager comes running at him screaming. He says, he says, he comes at me and I said, and he looked at him and he said, it's $7 for a rule book. You paid me 50 for the game. I can give you, loan you seven. You can get yourself a rule book. He's, I told him, I said, That's it, good. I, I said, it's a good thing that I'm not coach because I'd want to come out and have a conversation. And if I got your lip, Oh, then we'd be then we'd <laughs> but, be in trouble. But he's so in the right to do that because managers Are throw right, the rule yep. book thing at yep. umpires all the time. Have you ever? I could not believe that. No, I could. I can't believe that either. I got an, I got another one for next week. Okay, good. I got another. I got another baseball rule, uh, a crazy rule Odd that rule. would blow your mind. Odd rule that would blow your mind. That that you you think foul tip? That, I mean, it's foul. Ball's dead. No, foul tip is directly from the bat to the catcher's glove that's the 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 motion with your hands like you're like you're raining money right like like you're 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 raining dollar bills as an nba as james <laughs> harden at the strip club that's the foul tip that's completely different from a foul ball i did not know that i i i'm <laughs> you dude i love foul. i it's love baseball to me i love baseball i love rules i love things like that mm-hmm. that blew my mind i couldn't get over it if you didn't know it, I didn't know it. There you go. Because you know your stuff. I got another one for next week, though, that he gave me. That was it's another crazy one I had to look up because I didn't believe him. And then we looked, and he's like, here, showed it to me. And it's about bunting. We'll get into that next week. All right, so let's get into the Major League Baseball triple play. I have all kinds of stuff related to what you just said. Bunting, odd, crazy things. Uh-huh. Let's start with that. Let's start with odd, crazy things. Last Friday, June 14th. What a day. I feel like that's a special day in baseball history. It is a, uh, well, it's my sister's birthday. It's a flag day in the United States of America. Happy birthday, Jen. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I didn't say you. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Jen. Um, We, June 14th was a fairly special day. In Major League Baseball, because in 1974, June 14th, 1974, a young fella by the name of Nolan Ryan was a pitcher for the California Angels, I would say. Was it California? It had to be California then. Yep. Um, Through, now, this was before pitch count, pitches were counted, basically. That started in 88. But... By Nolan Ryan's account, his pitching coach that day kept his pitch count on like a clicker. Okay. I'm, so sure, says, I'm sure that happened because they were all about pitch counts back then. And that might not be totally true. <laughs> Either way, whether it's the exact number that he threw out or somewhere around there, it's incredible to think that Nolan Ryan – on that date, 1974, threw 235 pitches 
in a Major League Baseball game. 13 innings, was it? 13 innings. Complete game, 13 innings. It, he actually threw 13 games. They won in the 15th inning, so he didn't finish the game. I mean, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> he's in 13 innings, faced 58 batters, struck out 19, walked 10. That's Nolan Ryan, <laughs> all-time Nolan strike Ryan. leader, strikeout leader, all-time walks leader. Mostly because he pitched until he was 46 years old. Sure. But <laughs> either way, yes, all-time strikeout leader, all-time uh, And the fact no that he was leader. really good. He was incredible. Yeah. The guy was incredible. Um, he <laughs> just 235 pitches. There have been two, like a little over 2,100 games this season, and five pitchers have thrown 120 pitches in a game in over 2,100 games this season. Isn't that crazy? Wow. 235 that day. 235. Nolan, Nolan Ryan, um, let's see. Uh, okay, I said all that. He, what did he do after that? Went on three days rest, pitched six scoreless innings on three days rest <laughs> after that. <laughs> I love old baseball. Me too. Here's 20, the deal. 26 listen. complete games that season. 26 complete games, which did not lead the American League, by the way. Totally different time. We talk about that all the time. We've talked a lot Com about the yes. pitching stuff yes. going on. You can't stand the way it's being managed it's, right it's, now. It's not that I can't stand it. I understand it. It's, it's, it's just the hard fact to it's adjust. Hard to to adjust. Here's the deal, though. I understand that these guys are bigger, stronger, faster. That's what always comes up. And that bigger, stronger aspect of it, the stronger especially, muscles tighter, different. It's, it's a lot more uh, intense things going on in your arm, in your body. So there are, there are I, I believe, the stronger you are, the more opt you are to, to get injured. That's why Bartolo Colon can throw for – a million years as much as he wants because he's just a fat out of shape dude All who of his throws hard. is in his gut. Exactly. <laughs> Nolan Ryan. I mean, he was never, you know, stealth. Uh, he was a skinny little scrawny guy, and then he got a little bigger or whatever, but he was not like some buff Bagwell in no. shape kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but that's just the difference. David Wells, that dude pitched forever. I, you don't ever remember hearing David Wells being hurt. I, I, I truly believe that the and the the fact that you're bigger and stronger makes you throw harder and makes you be able to do things with the ball that couldn't be done before, but at the same time it does make you more susceptible to injury. Your joints. It's way harder in your joints. The bigger muscles, your your joints have to support the ligaments and tendons in your joints have to support all that muscle, all that strength, all that all that movement velocity from your arm which is doing something it's not really supposed to be doing in the first place. And then, you know, Ugh. constantly you're getting pitch, you know, pitchers throwing harder. Like you said, if you want to know why, why, why pitchers arms go get, go out and why they have injuries and things like that. Just look at some baseball cards of pitchers when they get them in throwing motion. Oh, Oh yeah. It looks like it hurts so bad. It's they're like folded backwards in half almost. Yes, their face looks like they're in pain. The most elbows, twit. Uh, yeah, it's just nuts. You can find some gruesome, some gruesome pitching pictures. Um, 
congratulations, Nolan Ryan, man. That's a super impressive. That's I, I, I feel I, I, I don't want us. I don't think we'll ever, we'll never be at a point where somebody's throwing 235 pitches no. or 13 innings for that matter. You have an extended bullpen and things like that. So you don't have to do that with somebody to keep them healthy. However, Nolan Ryan was also somebody unlike 99% of all other baseball players. He played till he was 50 almost. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a different type of cat. You know, some people are just built differently. Definitely. Uh, but at the same time, congratulations. That's phenomenal. I, I kind of want some of that to come back, but I realize it'll never happen. Moving on to the next thing in our triple play. Triple play number two. You meant You mentioned bunting. Yes. A few minutes ago. Yes. We have talked a little bit, not really a ton, but a little bit at least about shifts. Another one of the big things, uh, trends in baseball right now, based on the data era, I would call it, that we're in now. Using the data that that they have that you collect from at bat after at bat after at bat, you figure out where guys hit the ball most, especially when you pitch to them a certain way. Yep. And you play your infield that way. A ton of guys get shifted now. Yes. Right. Chris Carpenter, not Chris Carpenter. Matt. Matt Carpenter, a different Cardinal, former Cardinal. Yes. Um, Matt Carpenter. Current. I like Matt baseman, Carpenter way better than I like Chris Carpenter. <laughs> same. Same. Although Chris Carpenter was pretty great for a while. He was good, but he's. Uh, yeah, we'll just <laughs> big, we'll big just time, leave him as kind of a, a uh, yeah, like a Chris Paul style kind of guy. <laughs> um. The other day, Matt Carpenter comes up. They're shifting him all the way to the right. Third baseman's playing like by the second base bag. Matt Carpenter does what people talk about all the time when the shift is on. Why don't you bunt it to the left side of the field? Not even down the line necessarily. Just get it past the pitcher. Get it past the pitcher on the left side if they're shifting you right or or right side if they're shifting you sure. left. He, he lays down a bunt. It, it's hard enough where it gets past the pitcher, but it's not going hard enough where it's like a regular ground ball, swinging ground ball that gets into the outfield. But it rolls to the outfield grass. There is not anyone close enough to field this ball. Matt Carpenter gets a stand-up double from a bunt. If that's not a way to get people to start – getting their heads on straight and giving this kind of thing a try. I don't know what is. I don't know what else you can see or have done than to say this dude just bunted away from the shift and he's standing on second without a throw. If everybody is shifting you and you are not at least working on hitting the other way or laying down a bunt. Unless you're Max Scherzer because Max Scherzer obviously cannot bunt. He doesn't have to bunt. He's Did the best pitcher that? in baseball. You didn't see that? Oh, he broke his nose. He broke right? his nose. Yeah. yeah, and then he came out today and pitched like a maniac. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm pitching. Expect me to pitch. Yeah. When they were asking him <laughs> after that. Um, anyway, Matt Carpenter first time gets stand up double with a bunt. Second time, home run. That's going to beat the shift every time. Yep. Third time hits into the shift. Hits, I think I think the second baseman was playing like short right. Yeah, short right basically. Yeah. And he hit it, beat the throw, an infield into the shift hit for a base hit. That dude is fun. He's a phenomenal baseball player and he's been struggling this year. Yeah. So so to see something like that happen, that's scary 
for Reds fans and anybody else in the NL Central because that means Matt Carpenter's about to get hot and the Cardinals, you know, they're they're right in the mix of things in the Central. So they are, that yeah. could be a bad thing for the rest of the Central. He, he gets going. Goldschmidt gets going a little bit more, who has always done that. Yep. The I, I expect the Cardinals to be right there at the end of this uh, season. Now, the Reds are on a four – Four game streak. Now they swept, uh, swept the best swept team the in Astro. baseball. First time, first time they've been swept all year. Um, so I, I expect the Reds to be uh, right there. At the I end think this as well. is it. I think this is where the I think this is where the Reds come out and win like eight out of ten and get themselves right back into contention. And we've been waiting for that all year. It's so all far. we've and been I, talking and about. And I is, really do expect that they can. They have the ability. They be, listen. You can see be, the team come together. Yes, they beat in this series that they just wrapped up today with Houston. Wade Miley. Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole. Yeah, that's three of the best pitchers in the America in the league. Period. Wade Miley and Justin Verlander for sure. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was formerly one of the one, a great pitcher. last year. He could have yeah. won the Cy Young yeah. easily. Great news for the Reds. We weren't even planning on talking. That's about okay. That, I'm good with talking about it because this this Reds team. We're Cincinnati based podcast, and and it's okay for us to break national a little bit and and go into. Uh, a local deal. So, yeah, this Reds team right now, Puig's hitting the ball hard. He's, he's They're not all falling, but he's hitting the ball hard. He had another bomb today, one the other day. Uh, uh, Derek Dietrich is still – I mean, he's – He's not hitting like he was, you know, a month ago, but that's almost impossible to do. Right. Votto's coming around. He's starting to hit the ball way better. He's hitting 320 or something like that since the end of May. Um, you got Jose Peraza starting to hit the ball finally. Where'd that come from? Thank goodness. This team is becoming a little deeper in that lineup. Scooter Jeanette is really close to being back here. Yeah. This is this team looks like they are primed for a for some kind of run in early July. And I and, and they need it, man. These these they're young kids. They seem like they really they really love playing together. They they enjoy the game. There's not a guy out there that you watch cuz even Puig that you say, "Man, you know what? He's just kind of hot dogging it. He don't really care." All these guys look like they really care and they're having a lot of fun even even though there's some things you know, uh, uh, Tyler Malley got a little upset with David Bell and then came out came out and, and threw a gem. Almost should have got the win today, but due to one bad pitch and the fact that the Reds had to come back in the bottom of the ninth, didn't get the win, but at the same time threw a gem of a game. And he got to go seven innings. Why? Because he kept his pitches under control. He only threw 97 through uh, through seven. He it You know, he, he threw 95 through five innings the other day. So that's what happens. That's how it's going to be. Get used to it. Get used to it because that's how it's going to be. Yeah. At the same time, I think these red legs are are prime for something big. I sure hope so. Speaking of uh, prime for something big, yeah. How about how about the the last part of our triple play? This something big happened to a guy uh, that that it's it's a story you just gotta love. We're we're uh, it's funny because we are based here in Cincinnati and we are big Reds fans and one of the Reds biggest rivals is the St. Louis Cardinals. We just talked about Matt Carpenter. Yep. I actually would be excited to see him get going because he's such a great player. I do like Matt Carpenter as yeah. a ball player. He's he, he he he's a he's that scrappy dude. He's beaten out infield hits into the shift. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's that's my kind of guy. So sticking with the St. Louis Cardinals, I guess it's just gonna be a, a Cardinals day. Sorry, Tyler. Yep. Um <laughs> uh the the Cardinals called up a player from the minor leagues this week, 
um, who has spent the last 10 years playing minor league baseball, his first major league call-up. That's absolutely incredible. 10 years in the minor minor leagues, never a cup of coffee. Ron Hell Ravello has been called up. He's only had two at he's had two plate appearances. He walked one of them. So pretty pretty good for yep. uh so far. <laughs> he's 0 for 1 with a walk. Um but he has spent the last, like we said, the last 10 years in the minor leagues. That's hard to do. You don't get paid a, a, enough really to to take care of Bills and stuff at home if you have a family and that kind of, you know, usually when you're playing minor league baseball. Now, he was originally a sixth-round pick, I believe, of the White Sox. Uh-huh. Um, was traded eventually after a couple years to Oakland and then um, was involved in, or sorry, was released by Oakland a couple years ago and signed as a minor league free agent by the Cardinals in 2017. Spent the last couple years AAA Memphis for them and was hitting was hitting the ball really well uh, and finally got his call-up. Man, call-up stories are one of my favorite things about baseball. It's one of those things that that gets me that that gets me choked up and it, sure. like it's it's just it's one awesome. of those things because it's Cold always chills and everything. Yeah, it, it always it always it's just like the most special thing for a baseball player, right? Yeah. And, and usually they talk about telling their families and stuff and that's when it really gets, you know, really gets mm-hmm. touching and all that kind of stuff, but it's just so cool to hear. It's always cool to hear everybody's story. Even when Nick Senzel came up, you know, yeah. the whole first game, they're talking to his family every every inning and, you know, talking yep. to his dad and talking about, you know, how he used to drive him to practice. You know, that's everybody. Yep. But, but anyway, it, it's, you know, that's a big deal for every single Major League Baseball player. But for a guy to commit his life, his career to the game because he loves it that much after 10 Let me, years. This is love of the game. Listen to this, okay? Minor league baseball, triple A, triple A baseball, league minimum, $10,750 a year. You only get paid during the season. Wow. You do not get paid during spring training. You do not get paid in the off season. You only get paid during the season. Ten thousand seven hundred fifty dollars travel per diem, twenty five dollars a day. A- I could do some damage with that. AHL, AHL hockey, right? Okay. The Cincinnati Cyclones, right? League minimum, forty five grand, seventy two dollar travel per diem. Wow. Yeah. That blows me away. That is why over the last couple of years, and you look at the in Major League Baseball, the league minimum is $555,000 a year. That call-up means that much to somebody. Yeah. You get called up and you're making, maybe that guy's making twenty grand a year. And then all of a sudden you're, you, you sign a big league contract and you come up $555,000. Give me half a million. That changes my life forever. I can make it change it my gives, life. Forever. That's what gives me cold chills. Cause that's what you play for. It's, it's a business right. at that money. point when you're yeah. there for 10 years. If no. I'm playing pro ball. I'm only, I'm strictly playing for money. That's not what I'm saying. I'm what I'm, I'm saying kidding. is after 10 years, you love the game. Yes. But that is changes your life it really does. it changes your life to sign the major league contract that's all that's huge and trust me growing up that's the only thing i ever wanted to do but looking at stuff like this to spend 10 years in the minor leagues and make pennies 
these guys, the, the the big guys, live off their signing bonuses. You know, they they may get a thirty million dollars signing bonus, but they're only getting twenty grand, thirty grand a year. And that's first round guys. I mean, that's yeah, high. That's high end guys. You got guys who are going to the minors and they're fifteen round draft picks, and they're going down to to that. This is AAA. Who God knows, maybe it's all of minor league baseball, but that's AAA. Who knows what these dudes in rookie ball are making. There's so much turnover in minor league baseball. We we talked about it. There were 1,200 draft picks in the picks exactly. in the draft. Exactly. This year. Now of those, there's probably 600 people that'll be going to camp. But like you said, that's a lot you of turnover. To, you still have to make room for all those people. Yes. There are guys, tons of people who drop off you every single year. You can't afford to be a lifelong minor league baseball player. Exactly. You just cannot afford it. And that's why these guys last two, three years. Their signing bonuses, you know, maybe a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus that runs out. Your money, you're not making money. I know a guy whose uh, son-in-law played in the White Sox organization was getting really close, and they were, you know, his daughter was li- with their baby was living in their basement because dude was making pennies. But he was so close. He was getting there. It was almost there. Then he got hurt, injured. I don't know what he's doing now, but it's just one of those things where it's. You're you're making so little money, and and they're doing there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, unions trying to get involved in this and trying to try the the union the the baseball players associations trying to get involved in it and and help these guys out because that's ridiculous. I can't believe that minor league hockey players could make up to four times the amount that a made that a minor league yeah. baseball player. Makes. That's crazy, isn't it? That's incredible. Yep. I would never expect that. Now, so anyway, you have to, that, when it comes, when I hear these lifelong stories, I think more about that. First couple years, and you get that call up after three years or something like that, that's the greatest feeling in the world. And you're 21 years old. Exactly. 10 years? You're talking about a 28, 30-year-old dude. Maybe older than that. He, good, he could be 31, 32. I don't know how old he is. But to be that old, not making a dime, and then boom, that paycheck's coming in. That is life-changing. That's awesome. And the great thing for for uh, Ron Hell Ravello is he was drafted out of high school. He was 18. So that's so he got his 10-year start back then. He's 27 now. So he's still so in a, he's still, still at a good chance. age where he could still play for a few years. Exactly. And, and make, you know, $500,000 for 3 years and <laughs> now you're now you're really set. You don't know what to do with your you're you don't know what to do with your life. You don't have to eat at Arby's anymore. Yeah. You got that right. <laughs> you got that right. Say, but but I tell you what, that dude knows how to save his pennies. I guarantee you that he does. He yeah. he and he 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 will respect that money more than a lot of other people will. Another thing, you know, you can commit yourself to a minor league, to playing in the minor leagues, but you also have to be good enough to stay there as well. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. You're not a, getting he, cut without getting a, cut. Right. For 10 years, he's a 301 career hitter in the minor leagues. He can hit the ball. If he's if he's hitting 240 for 10 years, he's hitting 240 for like three years, and yeah. then he doesn't have a job in baseball anymore. Yep. So he's he's he was good enough. He was one of those guys that was good enough to play in the minor leagues. Never quite there. Never quite good enough or high profile enough or whatever politics I'm sure go goes into some. Well, there's of that a stuff little too. bit, yeah. But if you're good enough to play, you're gonna you're make gonna play. It. You're right. gonna play. Yes. Um, so he was he was good enough to be a good minor league player and stick it out for ten years, and he is now rewarded for that. His patience, his commitment, his his work, 
all the stuff that he's put in for the last 10 years and before that in high school and growing up and all that kind of stuff. Finally rewarded. You want to root for a guy like that. I don't care if he plays for the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Cubs, the Reds. I don't care who he plays for. I'm rooting like heck for that guy. I want to see him do well. Not against the Reds, but in it is what it game. is. Congratulations, Ronell. I don't get to use that enough. <laughs> so there you have it. That's the triple play. All right. So I got one. I got one other thing I want to bring up with you. Yes, sir. And it's baseball, baseball related. Okay. The Chicago White Sox have come out, and they have made the announcement today. I believe it was today that they are next year. They will be extending the net. All the way to the foul pole. Yes. How do you feel about what do you think about the net? And 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 have we talked about this? I can't remember if we talked. We about haven't. This. As a matter of fact, Steve Snodgrass, very loyal listener, great friend of uh, of ours of the show uh, and of mine personally, mm-hmm. um, asked us a while ago our, our opinion on this on Facebook on our Facebook page, um, and we haven't addressed it until now but i'm glad you brought it up we got we got some time man let's 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 take 10 minutes and and hit this because uh this is something that is becoming more and more of a problem we talk about bigger faster stronger we've we've been talking about that a lot today yes these hitters are the ball is coming off the exit velocity means everything is such a huge stat in baseball now that people are focusing on it and making sure contact is made at certain points and strength of these players are ridiculous and foul balls are hurting people Yes, they are hurting people. It killed somebody last year. Uh, they're they're hurting people every. It seems like once a week somebody is getting hurt. I was at a minor league baseball game last night in Columbus, the Columbus Clippers, and a guy hit a foul ball. And I, if there was somebody sitting in the seat where that ball hit, I wouldn't be surprised if that ball broke the seat. It it would have done a lot of damage. I don't care if you are a five star athlete. You weren't you weren't making a play You're not on that ball. That ball no. Absolute missile. Missile. Now, how do you feel? What do you what do you think should be done about that? Because the what's the argument? Let's let's do this. What's the argument against it? Why 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 won't people just put the dag on net up? Because it it le- it inhibits the fans' view. To a certain point, it, it it makes the the game a little less. So is your intimate. view more important, less in, intimate? A little is your, less intimate. Is right. your view less important than your life? I mean, I know obviously people aren't dying all the time, but it has happened, right? But I believe I, injuries. But I mean, it, you, people are getting yeah busted up bad. So so, uh, I'm going to tell you this: the most expensive ticket in the entire stadium is right behind home plate. Mm-hmm. And forever, there's been a net in front of it. Yes. And people pay the money for that. And everybody I've ever talked to that sat back there, because God knows I haven't, (laughs) say, yes, when you sit there and you see that net in front of you, you're like, oh, this kind of of bugs me. But by the end of the first inning, you don't even know the net is there. Exactly. That is everything I've ever heard from anybody. Put the net up. Save people's lives. This is ridiculous. There's no reason for it. It's the absolute cheapest Thing that any team could possibly do to help the the safety of their fans. It can't cost more than ten grand to put a, two big old giant nets up. Cost can't be it because we see, especially in Cincinnati, and I'm sure it happens all over baseball. There are changes made, remodels, re everything, new bars, new all the finest 
things added to ballparks to make the fan experience that much better yep. every single year millions of dollars are put into changing and enhancing the experience of the fan every year how about safety being yeah. the most important there's still going to be foul balls they're just going to be foul balls that were hit really high that go over top of it to make it a little bit easier to catch, not screamers off the bat that scare everybody in the whole aisle. Yes, I mean I was sitting there at that minor league game the other day. I, I there was there was two two kids to the right of me, two kids to the left of me, and their parents were both sitting in the row behind them. I was nervous, like I was going to have to save somebody's life over there. Yeah, yeah, and you people are put in that situation all the time. And and like you said, it doesn't matter if you played if you're. Ken Griffey Jr., Torrey Hunter, the greatest, the greatest defensive baseball players to ever play the game. You're sitting there without a glove, without any, you know, sometimes not even paying attention. Right. Yeah, and, and that's a big problem too. That's, you know, that's that's your fault if you're not paying attention. No, but it's not. No, that no, is no, no. not your fault. No, hold on. Oh, sorry. It, it, it is your fault if you're sitting in that seat and you're not paying attention. Whether you're paying attention or not, you can still get hurt if you're paying. If you're absolutely laser focused on the pitch it can still come at you in where you don't have enough time to react and, and hurt you should you I'm, pay attention yeah i think you should you but have to pay attention well, it's your responsibility it to is, pay attention it's your res- you're okay in, i'll in give those you that seats. i'll give you that i'll give you that even more of a reason that it shouldn't be the fan's responsibility to make sure he's not getting killed at a baseball game Put a net up. Let these little kids want to sit close to the game. Let these kids play around on their on their phones or eating popcorn and throwing it at each other or doing whatever they're doing. That that you can't. I, I don't blame a little kid because he's not laser focused on the game. Right. And I don't blame. I can't blame a parent. Have you? You don't know how difficult it is to take three kids to a baseball game and be sitting in a. You want to. You want them to get the coolest opportunities and get as close to games as you can but you've got three kids there this one's over here talking this screaming this wanting this doing this you can't always be laser focused you can't you, you can't, can't be laser focused on the game and them at the same you time you can't all do the it time. so all these people that blame the parents for not being able i i'm no that's right. that's that's bull crap mm-hmm. um that's horrible and if you're not a parent, maybe you wouldn't understand it, but it's not the easiest thing to do. Right. And and you got I got three kids under six years old. It, it's not happening. Right. I'm going to be because I know that I need to do it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not easy. Oh yeah, no, it's not easy. Right. It can be done, mm-hmm. and I would probably force them to. I've I've never brought them down that close to sit, but put a net up. It makes it easier for everybody. You know what? If you get some grumpy old people. Tell them to pay big the big bucks and sit behind home plate. You, guess what? It's the same There's view. There too. Same view. Or, if anything, guess what? You're more like the people who sit behind home plate now. It's almost let's charge more tickets for anything behind it. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. But um, <laughs> but they need to put a net up. A lot of teams have agreed to put up netting. They've extended the netting at least like to to the end of the dugout in a lot of cases. Um, I believe it has to go to the end of the dugout. Oh, no. no I don't no, know no. that there's a rule I, no, about I, that. No, you're right. You're right. It has to go to the beginning of the dugout. Yeah, and a extended lot of teams. Extended through it have gone to the to the end, of the, extended right. it through the dugout. Right. right. But but we're seeing now that that's not enough all it's the time. Not. Most of these ones that are hurting people are down the third baseline, down the right, down the first baseline, uh, 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 two sections past the base, you know, three, four rows up. Those are piss missiles. <laughs> yeah. 
And right. that is not an easy play to make, especially for a 12-year-old girl who doesn't have a glove. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm all in favor of, you know, yes, I would like it a lot better if I went to a game and I sat down there. I've not sat down there very often in the bottom bowl. But if I go, yes, I would rather not have to look through a net. It's it's a better experience to not have to. But I would much rather have to watch every game through a net than to see someone around me or someone I know or whatever, anybody, a stranger, get hurt badly by a foul ball because it's not possible to get to get out of the way in time all the time or to stop the ball before it hurts somebody yeah right um i put the net up i'm telling you right now everybody i've ever talked to that it's it doesn't ruin the experience you yeah. might go oh there's a day this net within an inning within an inning you or will not even few. know. You will yeah. not even know that net is there. Your eyes adjust. You see right through it. It there's a reason for it. There's a reason it's been there for years. There's a reason people still pay two hundred and fifty, three hundred, five hundred dollars to sit directly behind home plate, put the net up. It's getting ridiculous. It's out of control. It doesn't even make sense why it's not done. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. And about these guys what's... are making announcements like they're all they're going to do it, but it's next year. Yeah. Well, Going a going a oh you know it, you can't tell me yeah. go on a road trip for three four days you can't tell me some you can't get somebody in there to put that net up in three days right I guarantee you can you want to be the guy who's really making a difference Chicago congratulations for announcing that you're going to do it next year let's find somebody that's actually going to just come in and put it down it's going to take somebody dying on scene because didn't the person that died last year was like three days later or something like that i think so yeah Yeah. in chicago was it chicago was it the cubs or Uh, wherever it was somebody in chicago last night got hit or two nights ago got hit yeah we had the little girl that got hit you know a couple weeks ago or whatever um almora and he was like almost he was in tears he was he was yeah he was in tears it was awful but uh yeah, there's no reason I I haven't you know I've heard people argue against it, but there's no legitimate reason I, the, that makes the, sense. The two arguments that annoy me more than anything, and they're the ones that I've heard the most, is the net ruins your view. Okay, well, guess what? The most expensive ticket has a net, and and, and so there's your whatever. And number two, yeah, or knows we pay too much money to have a seat where there's a net in my view. That's when I say <laughs> best best ticket in the house, three hundred bucks Diamond yeah. Club best ticket in the house and number two you should you you should have your kids you should you know be paying attention and your kids should be paying attention and all this should go down yeah say that i guarantee whoever says that does not have children yeah you you should you should pay attention and 100 and you should try to teach your children to pay attention too but their children they're not wired that way listen we're not all listen all the people that go to reds games are not baseball enthusiasts and they get tickets in those areas. Oh, yeah. That's not on them that they don't know what's going to happen. It could be their first game ever, first time ever being at a major league game or any baseball stadium. That happens every single day. These people don't know about baseball. They're just like, oh, I've got three kids. Oh, let's see if we can get the boys to like this game you and have maybe to go throw enough. some. I, d- I disagree. I disagree. To, to, to not understand that the ball is hit you, really hard and can come at you very fast. I mean, you have I'm to. telling you, when these, if you're somebody who doesn't pay attention to baseball at all, and it, they're at games all the time, you sat by them, I've not, sat yeah, by them, they're really there all the time. You're not thinking at all. You're there to hang out, enjoy some company, 
and watch a game. You are not there to protect your head and anything that could happen. Somebody might be like, you know, might at some point, you know, maybe a hard one comes by and they realize, oh crap, I better have my head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. But that's I'm that's not fair to them. They don't know there's a ton of people that go to games for the first time and they're sitting in really good seats and they have no idea what they're about to get themselves into. Yeah, there's a little bit of common sense I think that has to go into it where you kind of should be able to figure that out. But I, I understand what you're saying. I'm it's telling not, you, you've sat by these people. You know people oh, at I, these games. I, their I, common sense is not even in their <laughs> vocabulary. Right. So yeah, I, you, but, you, but right. I can't blame them for not having the common sense to know it. That's who they are. I'm not going to blame you for who you are not being any kind of baseball fan or, or just n- not understanding where you're sitting. That's you. You bought the ticket to go watch the game. Or and hang in, out. In most cases, for the people like that, we're probably giving them. <laughs> sure, that's what. Okay, that's tickets. fine. We're giving tickets, right. and you're right. They probably were given tickets. Even more of a reason for them to not have any idea where they're at, where they're going, what's going on. Sit down there, grab a beer, bullcrapping with everybody around you, just having a good old time, and then get hit in the head and night night. It's not. Yeah. And, it, and, and it, I I think you I'm, should know I'm, going into a baseball game. Baseball is not a like a a niche thing. It's 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 pop culture. It's it's been around for over a hundred years. It's I think people who don't care about it or like it know enough about baseball that you go to a game. You're giving people way too much respect. That I I think there I'm sure there are people like that that you were describing. I don't think it's that common. I think people that are going to go to a game know enough that there's a baseball that could come into the stands. Like, well, sure, it's, they it's say hit. that before the game. I mean, there's announcements right. before the game. Exactly. That's a good point. And now, half the people aren't there for the announcements. But exactly. <laughs> and and look, most people... I don't blame you for there, that. There I don't know what your of, work schedule is. I can't, you, are, you can... Everything that you say that is against this has, has an easy rebuttal to it. Yeah. An easy one. And it's it, every single one. Put the net up. We there's, agree, there's, there's and, no and reason, it's a devil's advocate thing. I understand. Right. There's, but. there's no reason not to put the net up and and keep people protected. There's there's really no reason. I mean, and you can go all the way down the foul pole. Um, I, you know what? You go to the foul pole. I'm good with that. I would have no problem with it. I think if you just go three quarters of the way, I think if you go 200 feet down and leave 100 feet of open space or whatever you want to do some of these stadiums have bump outs some of those bump outs are the most dangerous places in the oh, yeah. on on the field mm-hmm. cover this stuff up man there's no reason for it there's absolutely no reason for these people to be going through this and i can't believe that these 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 managers or not managers but that but owners are not getting more flack for this yeah I mean, it's being talked about all the time, but nobody's actually going out and saying, you know, like there's no big point being made. This is becoming worse and worse. There are people getting hit every week. It's every week you're hearing somebody. I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's worse now or we're just talking about it now. But there's yeah, there's no reason there. It should if if anybody has died and you, you just said somebody died last year, that's not the first person that's died from getting hit by a foul ball. As soon as that happened once, whenever that was the first time, hey, this needs to change. Why would it not why would it not change then? As soon as a 
whatever that girl, three-year-old girl or whatever it was that got hit in the face and it was yeah. really, really bad. As soon as that happens, she didn't die. As soon as something like that happens, though, how do you not? I mean, you don't have to have somebody die. It's too easy a thing. Yep. It's too obvious. Yep. Put the net up. It's it's gonna be it's gonna diminish your experience by like one percent at the most. Really, just put the net up and keep people more safe. You, yeah. Look, you're not making everybody completely safe now. You still have to pay attention. Well, sure, yeah. There's but, still foul balls that can come up and over. The, the the but the the speed of the ball is not there. And could it kill you? I guess it probably still could if it hits you correctly on the head the right way, blah, blah, blah. But, but the chances are way less. Pay attention. It's so easy to say. <laughs> it is so easy to just say, pay attention, pay attention. But it's not It's not always that easy when you're I, there, though. I know. And, and, and the people who will claim to be the biggest baseball fans, I don't pay attention to every single no. pitch at a baseball game. I was game. at the game the other day in Columbus by myself and caught myself going, oh, there's a, there's a lefty up. Yeah, right. I look up at the count. I did this twice. I looked up at the count. It was two and two. Like I missed four pitches because yep. I'm listening to silly people around me or, yeah, you know, checking do, your phone or whatever. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, whatever. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, anything could have happened right mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. Anything could happen. Yep. Put the net up. That's all there is to it. Pay attention. I don't say pay attention. I'm done with. No, that. you do have to pay attention. That's you do. 100%. You have but to pay attention. But it's not just a, just an easy, you can't just be like, okay, we're owners. Pay attention. No, it's not pay attention instead of the net. It's put the put the net up, and you need to pay attention. It's your responsibility. Okay. If you're yeah, sitting good. in those seats, you need, pay, you need to pay attention. Pay attention. Okay. And teach your kids to pay attention, too. I understand that's not going to happen all the time. It's going to happen way less than it is for adults who don't already, already don't pay attention. But teach them. Tell them the possibility what's going to happen here if a ball is hit 110 miles an hour off the bat. You can't react. How to about that. how about this? How about this? How about this? Grown man, right? You sit down there. You bring a glove to the game. Mm-hmm. Gives you a better chance of catching that ball. It does. You also get made fun of. Um, so I'm starting to think. Screw it. I will take. You know me. I don't care if I get made fun of anyway. <laughs> make fun of me all you want. But guess what? If I got all my glove? kids there, I might take my glove next time. <laughs> if I got all my kids and we're sitting down low, I might take my glove and sit on the closest to the to the game, and and have my head on a swivel. And if I gotta snatch something down, you know, if I gotta if I gotta snap somebody off, I just snap them off real quick. I, I uh, yeah, Derek, just snap just Derek, snap off that one ten mile an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snap them off like Dave Parker. That's right, buddy. Um, just call me Little Cobra. <laughs> All right. I, we, we, don't have to, we don't have to continue on with that. We've said everything we need to say about that. Uh, we're an hour and 40 minutes almost into this thing. Do you have anything else? I do not have anything else. I think, uh, I think it's been a good podcast, and I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you coming over here. And uh, as always, man, it's, it's been a good time. I enjoy this every time we do it, and uh, I can't wait for the next one. Oh, what are we going to be talking about next week? First of all, we are going to be oh, – you're going to gonna be on I'll vacation. Be, yeah, I'll so be on vacation. So You will likely be calling in. There's a chance that we may have a hiatus for a week depending on how in. Vaca- vacation I'm call, goes. I'm calling in. If you're going to be – if you're ready and willing to do it, I'm calling in. We've done it before. We can do it again. I'm down for it. Okay. Now, at the end of July, I will be – 
in some other country on a beach. And when that happens, no excuse. I expect a call. You know whatever. what? I'll have. You got to dial twenty five numbers. I could do Facetime because I'll have uh, I'll have internet access. So there you go. I'll Facetime you. Could Facetime me. Yeah, could Facetime you, and then that's that instead because I won't be able to make a phone we call. We used Facetime audio anyway with Tyler when he called in. There you go. So hey, I'm telling is. you right now, man. This uh, I think we're good. Okay. I think we're good. All I wonder right. what the time change is in, in Riviera Maya compared to here. Where is Riviera Maya? I don't know. That's why I asked what the time change is. <laughs> I have no idea where it is. I don't know. Okay. On a beach in another country. Yeah, I don't know I where know that, that is either. My geography is not as strong as I would like it to be. My geography is not strong at all. So yeah. All right. So next week I will be on vacation, but we will still have time. I will still we still will be here. Um and and you know it's probably going to be some major league baseball. We'll probably go over the draft because I'm sure something's going to happen with some There's picks be and plenty some more trades. To talk about. We got uh, we got plenty to go over. Uh, football. We're still not quite to football yet. We're we're you know we're not OTA guys. We're not we're not. Uh, these practices, what a mini camp guys We're, you know, it's got to be NFL season before we get into it. Maybe a right. little preseason, but we got a guest coming up again, Mr. Andre Edwards, as soon as the football starts getting hot and heavy uh, to join us and, and uh, get us going on with that lockedonbangles.com hopefully uh, Mr. Bobby Nightingale Jr. will be getting back on with us here soon uh, get some more Reds talk and some baseball talk and uh, until next week from Myrtle Beach to Cincinnati, to you. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.